0: Hey, Keiths Vineyard Church, Chaplain Doug here. Roberta and I are in uh, Shenandoah National Park today, and uh, we uh, we miss you guys. We miss seeing your faces, but we do get to see the back of your heads. You know why? Because we've downloaded the app and we're watching you guys online. That's what you should do: is download the app. That's our first announcement. Second announcement is, uh, and this is from Pastor Georgina. There is a new four-week, five-session women's Bible study by Beth Moore on the book of Philippians called The Surprising Value of Knowing Christ. It's starting on Wednesday, October 5th at 10 a.m. in the church. Please see the app. Again, see the app. Sign up and get additional information, including the link where you can order your workbook. Next on our announcements... On October 5th This is at 630 We have OMY One more youth That's going to be starting up again And that's for the middle school kids And the high school kids Here's a fun fact for you high school kids This October 40 years my high school reunion 40 years can you believe it Anyway you guys should come It's going to be a good time There's going to be some music There's going to be some bible study And as always there's going to be some food I think they're going to have pizza. Next up, we have on October 12th, again at 6.30, is our uh, jam night. We're having another one of those. So come on out if you like to sing. If you got an instrument and you want to play, come on out at 6.30. Doug will have uh, music charts for you. And that should be a good time by all. And lastly, on the 28th, from 5.30 to 8, is our fall festival. And of course, we all know what the fall festival is. But if you don't, It is a huge event for us. We'll have out all the bounce houses and the games. The staff will all be here. Kids, bring your families. Families, bring your kids. It's a great night for everybody. And candy. Did I mention candy? We're going to have tons of candy. We'll have buckets full of candy all over the sanctuary. So come on out for that. Again, it is the 28th of October um, from 5.30 to 8 p.m. Do I really have to do it? All right. Let's get ready for church.
1: Welcome. Those of you joining us online. Glad to have you with us. We're getting ready to jump into worship. We had a great time earlier. And so we're looking forward to spending this time with you. Then we're back into our message. On uh, the spiritual battle, the fight. We'll be looking at the Lord's Prayer today that's in Matthew chapter 6. So get your Bibles, get a coffee, get comfortable, get ready to go. Woo! Good morning,
2: everyone. It is great to see your faces and hear your voices. There we go. That you guys came out. We're looking forward to spending time with you in worship and in the Word. I am going to tell you what we'll be attempting to do, in case you don't know, but I think most of you do. We are going to start things off with communion, and Pastor Fran is going to lead us through that in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship. We have our good friend Kara visiting from Wyoming, and she's singing with us today. We're super excited to have her after worship, Pastor Georgina will come up and lead any kids who'd like to join her through a Bible verse. We'll dismiss them to their Sunday school classrooms, and then we'll have our time in the word with Pastor Steve. We are in the fight part 11, and we're talking about the Lord's prayer today, and it's really good. But before we begin any of that, let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? love your presence, Papa, and we are so thankful that you meet with us. We thank you for the ways that you've been near to us this last week, that you've shown that you are, <laughs> you are the true Lord. And we ask that you would give us an extra measure of peace and patience, as we're all living under a little anxiety right now. And Papa, we're just so thankful for how much you love us. Help us to rest in your love. We join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this call. Guard your church, O Lord, with your perpetual mercy. And because in our weakness we cannot stand without you, keep us from all that may harm us and lead us toward all that is beneficial for our now and forever life you. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. Pastor Fran.
3: On the night is betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, this is my body given for you. Take and eat it in remembrance of me. act took the cup. It's the last night of the Passover celebration. Cups of praise and sanctification and poured important, celebrated, Jesus took the third cup of redemption. He said, this is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. There with his friends that night, Jesus gave us the last ordinance for remembrance that we call communion of the Lord's Supper. He said, from now on, when you get together and partake in this meal, I want you to remember me. So his friends got out this morning. We too come partake in this meal, the bread and the cup, the Bible of the Lord. We remember, give thanks. Remember all Jesus has said and done and promised to do. Remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. want to remember how he died and rose again. I want to remember all in thanksgiving that he's coming back soon. So on this table are the elements of communion, the bread and the cup, the blood of the Lord. The table open this morning to all who believe. says so as we worship and you feel led by the Spirit, go eat, drink, remember, and give thanks. Amen.
4: And amen. Thank you, Pastor Fran. We're going to enter now into our time of worship together and I'd encourage us all to sing out and lift our voices as we elevate Jesus in our midst here this morning. We're going to see the words pop up on the screen so it's really easy to sing along with. I'd encourage you to do so. Welcome to sit, stand if you're able. The battle belongs to Him. Battle, you see my face.
5: I love you Lord Oh your mercy never fails me All my life I've been held in your hands From the moment that I wake up Until I lay my head Oh I will see Of the goodness God.
4: myself
5: Jesus, the
4: this time of worship in your presence God you're so good to us Lord we love you Lord as we're here in your presence I'd ask that you'd be with us as we prepare to study your word Lord God would you anoint the words that are spoken to us that are taught to us use those words God to stir up our hearts towards you and Holy Spirit I'd ask that you'd be with those working with our children God anoint them give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them oh God You are so good, Lord. We love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. And Pastor Georgina, would you please come up and teach the children a Bible verse?
6: Good morning, boys and girls. I'm so excited you're here. We are learning still from the second books of Kings found in the all-testament part of our Bibles, right? Who knows what the most important book in the whole entire world is? Yes. The Bible. The Bi- the Bible. Very good. That's right. The Bible, right? So today's true story comes from the Bible. So, we find Elijah, right? We're continuing our story with Elijah. He is the one that saw Elijah, right? Go up to heaven in the whirlwind on chariots of fire and horses of fire, right? Well, he has become the prophet of Israel, right? God is talking to him. And we're going to learn about the miracles that he performed, good, and so, one day, this man came to Elisha and said, here you go. Here's 20 loaves of bread, right? That's nice, right? Yeah, that but, yeah, okay. I know, me too. So, Elisha said, I know. So, Elisha said, well, give it to the crowd. And this man looked puzzled. He was like, what? The crowd? And he said yes. And in second Kings 443, it tells us what happened. How can I set this before a hundred men? That his servant asked, right? But Elisha answered, give it to the people to eat, for this is what the Lord says. They will eat and have some and have some left over. So guess what happened? Everybody got to eat. And there were some left over, just like the Lord said would happen, right? And then there was this man named Naaman. And he was a leader of an army. And he had a skin disease. And it hurt him a lot. And he was really sick, right? So he decided to go to the king of Israel for help. And when the king heard him, he said, My God, I can't heal you, right? So that king could not heal him because we know that the power to heal comes from who? Good job, guys, from God, right? But Elisha heard about this and invited the man to come to his house. When Naaman went to Elisha's house, Elisha did not did not go out to meet him. Instead, sent someone to give him to give Naaman a message, and they told him, You need to go to the Jordan River and you need to bathe in it seven times, right? Not five, not six, seven times, he told them, right? So the so Naaman went to the Jordan River, and he dipped himself in the water seven times. And what do you think happened to his skin disease? It went away. That's right. It went away. He got healed. Another miracle. I know. And then the third miracle that we're going to talk about is that Elijah again went to the Jordan River. And there were prophets there by the river. And they were cutting down trees with an axe. And all of a sudden, right, the iron head of the axe fell off into the water and it sunk to the ground right, to the bottom of the ocean or the river. And the prophets were so upset because they were like, this is not even mine, right? It doesn't belong to us. We borrowed it from someone. What are we going to do? So Elisha takes a stick and he throws it into the river. And guess what happens to the iron head? It comes back up. That's right. It comes up and floats so that they can get it. That's another miracle. All of these miracles showed that Elijah, right, was the prophet of the one true God. And guess what, guys? Jesus' miracles proved that he is the true son of God who saves us. Isn't that amazing? I know. So cool, right? That's right. Not Israel, Egypt. Egypt. Good job. Good job. All right, guys, are you ready to say the Bible verse with me? So you guys repeat after me, okay? You're doing so good, so good. 2 Kings 4.43. 2 Kings 4.43. How can I set this before a hundred men? How can I set this before a hundred men? His servant asked. His servant asked. But Elijah answered. Elijah answered. Give it to the people to eat. Give it. For this is what the Lord says. Oh, this is
5: what the Lord says.
6: They will eat, they will eat. and have some leftover. Left Excellent job. That was so good. Here you go,
1: good job. The children are getting stickers because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Then Pastor Georgina will pray for them and they can head off to Children's Church.
6: Um, because of their being flat alright guys, so you ready? we're going to pray let's bow our heads and close our eyes let me see everybody bow your heads and close your eyes Gunner, are you ready? yay okay father in heaven we thank you so much for this day lord god we thank you for how well you take care of us and protect us and provide for us lord i pray that the little ones will know you lord as their lord and savior and follow you all the days of their lives in jesus name what do we say guys amen all right go have fun
1: Go have fun, kids! Thank you, Pastor Georgina. Why I see Pastor Georgina, I do want to just follow up. Uh, it was on the announcement starting a week from Wednesday. Here, ladies, there'll be a new ladies' Bible study on Wednesday mornings at ten. Pastor Georgina's is going to lead that. It's a four-week study. So, if you uh, if you're available, you may want to come and be a part of that. We love watching those kids; they're so cute. Like, so all of. <laughs> One of them was just hanging out, all of a sudden noticed his feet, and he got all excited about his toes. I love that, because my feet never excite me anymore.
7: <laughs> Only if they hurt, oh, yeah, what well, I hear then, about yeah. it. Yeah.
1: So, uh, good, and what else did I want to say? Oh, uh, thank you. I, I like to brag on your generosity, um, and just so you know, corporately, we if uh, Fiona hit Puerto Rico, and then... Um, we have some vineyard churches in there, and we have friends that pastor one of them, and they help all the other ones. And so we were in touch with them right after the storm came. They, uh, it, it was only a Category 1, but everything got flooded, so they, they, the whole island lost power and water. Um, and so we, we wanted to figure out how we could help. Their, their facility did well, and so um, right away we sent them some money. We sent $1,500, which they immediately turned into food. They're feeding people at their... Um, at their uh, facility, and they have water in a well there. They're fortunate. So people are coming for showers, and they're blessing their whole community. Thank you for being uh, generous so that we can do those things. And then um, we also corporately sent $1,000 to Convoy of Hope, who was already there set up, and they started distributing supplies right away. Some of these people ask, what do we do? If you ever want a place where you, you want to, uh, after a disaster like that, but bless them. Convoy Hope is a great thing, and you, they have a website. You can send money. It goes right there. They're great with how they spend money, and um, so that's what we're doing. But thank you that we can step in and meet needs, and uh, it's because you guys are an extremely generous group. Uh, welcome. If you're a first-time guest or visitor, that code is for you. If you point your smart device at it with the camera on, you will get a link to our digital connect card. Simple to fill out. It's just name, phone number, and email address. Please know if you do that, and we'd like you to do that, you will get a series of texts and emails from us over the next five or six weeks. They'll just keep coming, and uh, they welcome you to the church, tell you a few things, maybe ask you a few questions. There's also gifts for first-time guests back at guest services. So if you didn't get one on the way in, stop on the way out and get a gift. We also pray for our neighbors here corporately. This is something I ask you to do um, daily that you pray for those people around you, and then when we gather, we, we sort of come together corporately, and we'll lift those people up, and I, I want you to get a couple of them in your mind, but also, as we pray, let's pray for uh, sort of this, this whole area that's got this storm kind of around them, and they're all our neighbors, right, in some way, connected here in the Caribbean at the moment, so uh, let's lift them up as well to the Lord. Papa, we um, We lift our neighbors up to you, those who live right by us and all those that are going to be impacted by this storm uh, and just even watching it coming. And Lord, uh, we pray your blessing on them. We pray your favor on them. Uh, God, for those who don't know you, we pray that you would draw them into relationship with you. Help us to be good neighbors, God, to love our neighbors well. Bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this entire area we pray, and let hundreds and thousands of people come to know you as their Lord and their Savior. And thank you, God, that we can trust you and we know that you're good and that you've got us. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. We're heading into this, uh, continuing on in our series called The Fight on Spiritual Battle. I'm excited about today. We're going to talk about the Lord's Prayer, so I'm going to get there without doing a big intro now we'll save it until we're done let's get to the jokes and then you can do the scripture reading and then i'll launch in and uh these are terrible jokes and let me say i got this one and my wife said she liked it this came from pastor billy who's probably watching and uh, he gets all the credit for this joke i thought it was a terrible joke no alice said that's really a good joke i said okay i'm gonna put it by the people
7: I don't know if I said really a good You're joke. You're pretty excited. I said, about the well, joke. that's cute.
1: Okay. We'll, we'll take that.
7: to be That's what
1: you say about me. Doesn't that mean all something? All the time. <laughs> Are you saying that means nothing?
7: It means everything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what do you call pumpkins that swim and save lives? The coast gourd.
7: It's a little, it's a little cute, right? It's a little
6: cute.
1: So I said, well, if that's the standard for bad jokes for about fall, I've got a few of my own. Here we go. Why did the pumpkin lose the boxing match? He let his gourd down.
7: Not as good as the other one. But I think it's people okay. like it better.
1: Why do birds fly south in the fall? Because it's quicker than walking. True, true story. Last. Last. Thank goodness. If the pilgrims were still alive, what would they be most famous for? Their age.
7: Somebody heard it. Yeah.
1: (laughs) All right, honey, pray for us. Lead us in the reading of the word, and then I'm in. Thank you
7: so much. Lord, hear our prayer this morning. Amen for those in the path of this hurricane or whatever it ends up being. I've been just really praying for wind shear that it would take it down. I think those of us that went through Irma know exactly that Ugh, that feeling of, um, is it, is it not? We're, oh, yes it is! Anyway, God was with us even through the hardest time, and I know he will be again. So, all that being said, let's press in real quick, pray, and read the word. Lord, we thank you for this day and for this time together. I pray, Papa, that you would bless each person here, each family represented here, Lord. That as we dig in your word today, we could take it as meat And live off it, Father. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? The text today is out of the Gospel of Matthew. This is chapter 6, verse 9 through 13. And this is the Lord's Prayer. I'm reading it out of the NIV. Steve has it up on the ESV. So if it doesn't sound like you know it, it's a different version. Starting at verse 9. This, then, is how you should pray.
1: Okay, so I've got, to, I've got to watch myself here because this particular message has a lot of bunny trails for me to go down, and I went way long last night, and a little long last time, but it's all good. If you, want, if you like a sermon that's a little longer with a lot of bunny trails, go watch Saturday night on the YouTube. That's the only place it'll be, our YouTube channel. But, um, and, and let me say that, that as we start approaching these things, so the Lord's Prayer is going to launch us then into the armor of God. Um, and that's how we're going to end the series. What we talked about in the first 10 weeks sort of all play into everything else I'm about to say, and so I hate telling people you got to, if you didn't see some of those, you probably should go back and watch some of those because we set a foundation, a theological foundation for where we're heading, and a, a lot of the things that we've talked about will sort of should be raising some questions with maybe how you understand things, but knowing how this fits together really helps us all engage in uh, the life that we're called to with Jesus. And so we, we head in now to the um, Lord's Prayer, and it's, he teaches them this, this prayer. And I, I love this, and I, I like how, the, and the first thing there is, this is how you should pray. He, he says, this then is how you should pray, or pray then like this in the SV. This means, uh, he means it. This is, this is, I'm giving, I'm teaching you how to pray. This is your prayer model. This is your prayer guide. Pray like this. We we often sort of, I think we've reduced the Lord's prayer to, so you know, it was one of the ways that you could pray. Or we think that, oh, we just memorize it and we say it and that's the, what he meant. But it's so much more than that. When When he said this then is how you should pray. He's he's uh, launching them into this amazing prayer that uh, it's it's called the Lord's prayer because it's it's how Jesus prayed it's his prayer, and what he's doing is he's giving it as a gift to his followers. Um, he he delivers it in a poem that's so that they could easily remember it. That's the, you'll see the structure of it in a minute. It's a beautiful poem, and it's I like to think of it. This this comes right from Jesus' heart for us. And uh, we are to memorize it, but it wasn't to memorize it just to repeat it. We were to memorize it and, and connect with it as a way that we should be praying throughout the days of our lives. It was sort of that daily kind of prayer that we would not just sort of say once and then forget. It, 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 you incorporate it into your daily being. This is what it looks like to partner with Jesus on this journey and in this battle so he's giving us his own prayer and and it describes him and it tells us about what he's doing and how he wants us to connect with him remember last week uh if you were here i i said that this battle that we're engaged in now this spiritual battle is is like this it's like jesus parachuted into behind enemy lines remember me saying that and what he did was he gathered some followers, and he trained them how to battle, and they're gathering followers to battle, And we do that in this behind- enemy lines kind of thing, and so that what we're doing is, uh, with him, we're helping people that have been blinded by the enemy to the truth, we're to go and we're to help set the captives free. We do that by preaching the good news and loving people and encouraging people in a way that they can be reconciled back to God. That's the battle. We know who the enemy is, because we set that all up. It's this, you know these fallen little G sons of God. They're the enemy, but we're not going directly at them. What we're doing is, because we've also said this, we, we don't battle against flesh and blood. They're not the enemy. they're the mission. We go, and under the uh, unction of the Holy Spirit and with His power and His gifts and His fruit in us, we're to go, um, deliver good news and help those people then be delivered from darkness into light. That's the battle. It's living this life out. It's partnering with Jesus. That was why he came. His mission was to seek and save that which was lost, and we're to join him in that mission. And we've talked about that throughout this series, how all that fits together. This prayer, though, is a a guide for helping us stay connected in that battle. And the structure of this prayer really reflects the great commandment, Now the the Great Commandment, just in case you don't know which one that is, because we talk about Great Commission here, but Great Commandment, when Jesus was asked what's the most important thing, In, in effect, he says what? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love God, love your neighbor as yourself. We've we've talked about that often. And this prayer, the way it's structured, reflects that. So let me just sort of tell you what the structure of this prayer looks like. So Uh, The prayer is an introduction, which is our father in heaven. And let me quickly say this about that. When you read our father in heaven, please don't think that we're talking about God being millions of miles away. Heaven's way up there. It's not. Remember the whole cosmology that we've laid out, heavenly realms, earthly realms, overlap, connections, and, and not big distances away. Just more like a the address of spiritual beings and our physical address, and that they connect in many, many ways, our Father in heaven. And then it jumps into two sections of three petitions each. And you, you may have learned this prayer, but you never really saw the symmetry of it and what's going on, because um, unlike most prayers, we, like everybody knows the Lord's Prayer, I mean, it's in songs, popular songs. I remember as a kid, there were lots of songs on the radio that had the Lord's Prayer in it. And they weren't like, you know, Christian songs, but really, they were just, everybody knew the Lord's Prayer. Still everybody pretty much knows the Lord's Prayer. But I think somehow they miss then, because they know it. Well, I'll just say that, and that'll be good. It's never what it was intended. It's this deep, rich Rich prayer. So there's these, uh, that's the intro. Then there's two sections with three petitions. And so uh, the first section is uh, Your kingdom come, your will be done. Uh, and it's your, Hallow be your name, your name, your kingdom, your will. Those are the first three petitions. Let me go back and make sure you get it. Hallow be your name, your kingdom come. Your will be done. Did you notice the three big connections there are your, 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 your. That's how it starts. It gets our focus right. Our Father in heaven, your, your, your. And then the next three, it shifts to give us, forgive us, lead us. So there's a, there's a shift there from your to us. How does that reflect the Lord's Prayer? Well, the Lord's Prayer is, you know, love God all in, basically love your neighbor as yourself. And what we see in the prayer and the way it's partitioned is the the your and the us. It's loving God all in, loving our neighbor. doesn't say me. Now, then people will often ask me, does that mean we shouldn't pray for ourselves? No, of course you're supposed to pray for yourself because in the same way that the greatest commandment reflects love God, love your neighbor as what? As you love yourself. So you're to love yourself, obviously. You're also to pray for yourself. But the problem that we have is is that it's easy for us to allow prayer to always be something we do because of our situation personal and our need. It becomes, it can be very me-centered prayer, right? That's just honest. And, and it can be the reason, the only reason sometimes that we pray is because all of a sudden I'm in a bad situation, oh, I should pray. Yes, you should. But that shouldn't be the only time and the only way that you're praying, okay, that as as his kids, as his family, uh, this is something that we're to be doing all the time. Basically living out this sort of prayer as he modeled for us. And so we should certainly pray for ourselves. But here's... I was kind of chuckling about this this week. Um, so most of you know there's a hurricane, right? And uh, I had a, I had a friend tell me this, and you're going to love this. You can hold on to this and tell your friends. So, so uh, watching a hurricane... Uh, is like being stalked by a snail. And that, it's like the perfect description of what it's like. Because, you know, you start, and they're going, well, maybe Monday, or maybe Tuesday, maybe Wednesday. It's like, oh, my goodness. And it just, but I find myself praying, and I, it's, I, I understand this, but my prayers very quickly become about me <laughs> in relation to a storm. I don't want it. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want the fallout from it. I don't want to have the power lost like we had the last time for a month. I don't want to have to use a bucket as my facility. I don't, <laughs> I don't want it. And, <laughs> and, and some of you are in here today, and you're like me. Your back is a little tight and sore because you've been doing things that you haven't done for the last five years. And uh, you said you'd never get in this situation again. And lo and behold, you have. And you look at that and without realizing you start looking at areas of land and you think, oh, well, if the storm goes over that land mass, that's good for me. Not that's horrible for that million people, <laughs> but that would be better for me. And anybody? I mean, this is honest, right? And and you have to step back and go, now wait a minute, wait a minute. Um, I don't want them to suffer through this either. I, I know I don't want me to do it, but it's not, it's not like I'm like, I don't care what happens to anybody else. I do. And so we have to sort of figure out when, as we're praying for those things, well, how do we pray? Lord, I want, I, I I don't want those people messed up either. You know, it was, we can sometimes, maybe you've never done this, but sometimes I can see the mountain range in Cuba as like good for us, but not so good for them. And I have, you know, I used to travel to Cuba a lot. So from 95 to 2005, I was there three or four times a year. I then was there a lot planting churches. Uh, I'd been there right after hurricanes, big rains, floods. I was actually there during a hurricane once. Uh, and and uh, I, my poor family was not pleased with me because Hurricane Irene, I was in Cuba and not here doing the things that, that I should be doing. They've forgiven me, uh, but um, hopefully. Um, and it was horrific and, you know, Quick bunny trail! I got to watch my bunny trail. So I'm in. I'm in Cuba, and we're doing ministry, and we have a trip to make. And there's, they don't have the weather situation that we have. Just, it doesn't happen, right? It didn't back then. And, and so I had no idea that this storm was doing what it was doing. And, and so we went to, uh, we got up and we drove out to the west end of the island. We, we were state, we were based in Havana, drove out and we did, and the weather was getting a little rough, but, no, well, whatever. It's just, you know, we live in the tropics, rough weather. And then, uh, we were there all day and we, as we drove back at night, it was The weather was not good at all, and I couldn't really tell how bad it was because it was night and we're looking out. But I, I I, did notice that our driver, who was normally very talkative, was like three shades paler than normal and never said a word, <laughs> just driving us through. And it's a terrible storm, and I, I don't know what's going on. We drive into Havana, and the storm stops. And I go, well, this, I wonder what, you know, it's kind of crazy. And we walk in, and, and we're staying at a hotel. We go in the hotel, and all of a sudden, the storm whoo, picks back up. We drove right into the eye. And then the storm can get the other half of it. Well, we had no idea, and I think they don't know what's going on. And afterwards, you know, just the fallout of that is their infrastructure is not good. It's just horrific. So I say all that to say, you know, I I think I was talking to Robert. The best way we can pray through these things is that the storms dissipate. You heard Alice saying that, that they get sheared off and that they go away. But it's very difficult, right? Not to get at the center of that, and, and mostly, but mostly I don't want it. It's honest. But, uh, but we need to make sure that we're doing it. Well, <clears throat> in the course of our lives, if the only thing that's really driving us into prayer is our own needs, we're missing the bigger part of the entire deal that we're called to. So, yes, you should pray for yourselves, um, but uh, only in the context of, but there's bigger, I'm, it's some about me, it's not all about me. You've heard me say that a lot here, right? It's said, don't think that you don't matter, because you do matter. But it's just not all about us. It's some about us, and we need to hang on to that as we go. All right, so every petition then, every part of the Lord's Prayer, has an impact in our daily lives, and that's how he designed it and how he wants us to pray. So, you know, it starts out, Our Father in Heaven, and Jesus did something with that that was completely unusual. It was revolutionary in his time where he uh, encouraged this personal connection to God by calling him Father. The established religion of the day didn't do that. In fact, they, they wouldn't even write the name of God. They wouldn't say it. They had other names that they would call God, but never by, his, by this way, by Jesus doing our Father. He's inviting us into this relationship saying, hey, you're the family of God as believers in Christ, and you're to have a, a relationship with Father, and that it makes a difference. And, and so it invites us into a completely different level of relationship. Instead of being, I think what it does, instead of being rule followers, which is where they were, it causes us to be children and family and to be a part of what's going on. So there's an intimacy with it. Uh, in, in Romans 8, Paul talks about you know, the, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of adoption, causes us to cry out, Abba, Father. It's a daddy. It's a very, very intimate sort of thing, Daddy. And um, I like that. Sometimes people ask us, because uh, Alice and I have prayed, you know, calling God Papa for a long, long time, which impacts our family and our staff, and then ultimately, because you, you'll hear it coming out in their prayers, Papa. And, and people haven't heard that. Where's that coming from? That's just a term of endearment. It's not Disrespect. It's uh, it's just another way of saying father, papa, daddy. I hope you know your relationship with your earthly father was one where you understood and respected him, but but not, when you saw him, you could call him daddy and rejoice in that sort of connection. It's the same thing that Jesus invites us into. He's our papa, and so we have this uh, intense and amazing relationship with him. And then it, it, it goes on. Hallowed be your name. That idea of hallowed, we were laughing about how you say it. You say hallowed or hallowed? Uh, it all depends on how you're how you're coming at it. I, I, my daughter picks on me sometimes because if I'm heavy into ones talking about loaves and fish, I start saying loaves and fishes. And which one is it? And it's the lo- anyway, hallowed, hallowed. That means holy or unique. Uh, and <clears throat> again, it's a family connection. Because uh, as believers in Christ, it means now you bear the name of God. That's relating back to the, the third commandment, uh, where you're not to misuse the name of the Lord. That's, that's not just a, a language-speak thing. It means as a, as a part of the family of God, you bear his name. You need to bear it, well, you need to bear it with integrity, um, you, know, you need to bear it with honesty, you need to bear it in love. And it's that reminder, hallowed be your name. And, and Lord, because your name is hallowed and you as your family, I bear your name. I want to live it the way that brings you honor and glory. And so it moves us again. God, it's about you and us being your family as we press on. Your kingdom come. Well, I, I spent part of last week making sure we had the groundwork for this. And there's a slide presentation on last week that if you didn't watch last week, you should watch. But... Uh, your kingdom come. And again, when you when you see kingdom of God, I don't want you to think of a geographical place or automatically assume they're talking about heaven. Because the kingdom of God, every time you read it in the Bible, it's always about the rule and reign of God, the authority of God. And what Jesus is teaching his disciples to pray is to pray that his kingdom would come and expand. And I talked time took time last week to say that what happened was at the cross, Jesus inaugurates the rule and reign of God, and he'll consummate it when he returns, and that we live in this tension now of the now and the not yet. And you need to grasp that. It really helps understand, again, the battle of what's going on. The kingdom is here. Holy Spirit lives in us. We have access to the, the resurrection power of God, but it's not fully here yet. And so we pray, God, but let your kingdom, let your rule and reign come on earth, as it is in heaven, along with your will, that your will be done. I touched on this last week to get you thinking about it, because a lot of people will just look at me kind of blankly when I talk about, when I say what I'm about to say, don't panic or freak out, just think about it. God's will is not always done yet, and that some people can't deal with that, and I, you know they'll look at me, well, he's, he's all-powerful, yes, he is, he's omnipotent, all-knowing, yes, he is, But, but you're saying his will isn't always done. No, I'm saying, and what the enemy has done is he, if you get that mindset of God's will is always done and something horrible happens and you have to pan it off on God, well, it must have been the will of God. No, that's, that's not what happens. God is, listen, God is good. You, you have to have that down. Psalm 38. Taste and see that the Lord is good. If it's good, it's God. If it's not good, it's not necessarily God. And, and we don't often wrestle through that. And again, now that you have this foundation, I can take you back and you can see. Creation was good. The cosmic temple was good. God establishing his human family, good. Giving us vocation as a royal priesthood, good. Where does the will get changed is at the fall and at the flood and the rebellion of the Tower of Babel, and the authority that we were initially given has got was given to the fallen Elohim. They, they had authority. They had this mess going on. Jesus takes it back at the cross and in the resurrection. He's got it now. We read that. All authority in heaven has been given to me, he said. Then he sends us out in that. And when we get to the end in Revelation 21, when The heavenly city, the garden city comes out of Jerusalem, you know, heaven, the heavenly Jerusalem comes down, earth is recreated and renewed, you get new resurrected bodies. That's his will, and that will be done, and we're moving back from the beginning. This mess is battle, and and brought on by our own rebellion and the part of the spiritual family that rebelled as well. So we struggle in this mess, because if you don't get that, if your thought is, well, God's will is always done, you know what you don't do? You don't pray. What difference does it make? His will is done one way or another. No. You're, you're partnering with him. and We're praying that his will will be done. We want his will to be done now. Because we live in this tension that, that we can pray and ask for everything that's going to happen to happen now. And we ask ardently and we get on it so that his will is done here on earth as it is in heaven. But don't ever doubt God's goodness. God is good. It's, and God is sovereign the goodness is simple, the sovereignty is complicated, and if you haven't wrestled through the idea of that authority being taken from us and, and restored to Jesus, and yet the enemy not being departed, you'll wrestle with the sovereignty of God. God is sovereign, but it's complicated because of this battle that we're in. So you have to be aware of that. So you press in and stay on track and to just go oh, well, it's all God's will is always done. I'm just I'm saved, I'm popping off to heaven at some point. I can just coast. No. That's not how it works. You're called into this battle with Jesus. This prayer is the call. Come on, we're going to do this together, and here's how we press on. Those are the three yours, the three uses. The first one is give us our daily bread. And it's certainly about physical needs in there, and it's certainly okay to pray for your needs as, long as, as well as your families and those people around you. It's a, a spot to do that. But it, it has a lot to do with trust, now, bread is sort of the universal provision all over the planet, and it speaks to that. But it ties back into the story in Exodus about God giving his people manna. Do you remember the story? You might not, but we have talked about it at length. I've spent a lot of time talking about Exodus because of how important it is. But uh, in the Exodus, God is revealing himself to his people who don't know him. It's 400 years they've been in Egypt. That's what they know. God rescues them, and now he's teaching them about who he is, and he wants him to know that he can be trusted. You know, he still wants people to know that? He still wants... We work those issues out. The Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you, and the people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. So he's trying to teach them that he can be trusted, and they don't always trust him. And so he sends manna down. And they're to go out and pick up what they need for the day. Boom, boom, boom. Here's our manna. Going to be delicious. Yay. Guess what a lot of them do? Pick up more than a day's worth. Anybody here ever get a little hoarding thing going on? I, we do. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm down to my last two things of Starbucks K-Cups. I better buy a couple of cases. <laughs> You know, it's just crazy like that. How many of you got really bad with toilet paper and paper towel a few years ago? And now you've got all, you built a room for it in your house. (laughs) I will never be caught short of toilet paper again.
5: Uh.
1: (laughs) And I'm not picking on that. I get that. But here's the the deal. They were to go out and get just enough for today. And that way they could learn that they could trust God. He was going to be their provider. If they went and got more than they had for a day, guess what? It went bad, got nasty, bad, nasty, bad stuff in it. Um, like they're going to learn, that's in the tent, get it out. Um, enough for the day. Well, part of this prayer is reminding us that we can trust God and that we never want to lose sight of His, that He's got us and that He provides for us. I, I love what Alice was uh, saying in the, in the little pre discussion. Because uh, if you've been here for a while, you lived through Irma and it was horrible. But there was a sense I, 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 that he was always with us. You know, afterwards, he was there and he was taking care of things and opening doors and doing miracles. And just because that's God, that's who he is. You can trust him. Um, but we still had the storm, right? And, and so, anyway, there's this balance of living in the tension. But he provides for us. Every day is a gift. Forgiveness is a big deal, it's one of the bedrocks of this life in the kingdom of God walking with, that we're to forgive as we have been forgiven, Ephesians 4. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Could you, would somebody just, I just thought I saw a a child walk out that front door, and I just want to make sure that somebody's aware that that happened. Was it an adult? Oh, was there an adult in front? Okay, never mind. Then we're okay. I didn't see the adult part. Thank you for noticing. I do check at those things and go, uh-oh, that would be bad. <laughs> okay, good. Um, where was I? Forgiveness. Oh, yeah, I need to spend a couple minutes on this. Forgiveness is huge. Because it's the bedrock of what we stand on, because we 've been forgiven now in if you do an honest appraisal, you know how much you've been forgiven as a believer you you get that forgiveness is huge, but one of the biggest problems we have is we have this desire to get even somehow in the in the course of our culture and stuff we've we've shifted from from um, what we perceive as our responsibilities to what we perceive as our rights, and it's made us awkward and, and um, forgiveness is, is something that, because you've been forgiven, that you're required to do. It's not sort of an option. But let me clear it up. Because some people have been horrifically offended, and they're holding on to unforgiveness, and they're saying, I will never, ever forgive. And let me just clear it up. Forgiveness isn't necessarily reconciliation. Forgiving someone isn't saying, okay, you can come back and do that to me all over again. That's not what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is what we extend because we've been forgiven. And ultimately what we're saying is, I'm giving up my sort of supposed right to get even here, God, and I'm just trusting you in that situation. But it's not just immediately reconciling everything. Where that would hopefully take place is that whoever caused the offense repents over time and changes. And then maybe there's room back to reconciliation. But forgiveness is not, okay, you're forgiven, and you can come and do the exact same thing all over again. That's not what I'm talking about here. But if you've been hanging on to unforgiveness, and because I know horrific things have happened. Listen, it's, unforgiveness only hurts you. Sometimes we think not forgiving someone is causing them an issue, and they're mostly not even bothered by it, could care less. So you, you, you let, but what unforgiveness does do is it, the scripture even says it causes this bitter root to grow inside you that's ruining all of your relationships. Cause you can't trust people and you can't love people the way you're called to and you can't do a lot of things. It's all bound up in this. So, so we, we're people that forget because we've been forgiven, but that doesn't mean we just allow people to do all their horrible stuff to us. No, forgiveness, reconciliation is possible if there's movement on your part. That's called repentance. That takes time. But don't withhold forgiveness. Forgive people. Trust God. He's got you, and that's important. And then, then lead us. And the idea behind that is, so, lead us not to temptation, is that if you're living this way with Jesus and you're engaged in the spiritual battle, you're going to get a little pushback from the enemy. Can you relate to that? And that's, he said, "Don't be surprised. That's part of what happens." But anyway, that's enough. We'll move into the armor next week. We'll do a big introduction on that, and then we'll move into it piece by piece. But that's good for today. Ministry team, those are here, want you head over to the wall. People on the way over there are here to pray for you. And um, let me let me say this: that all of this again starts by knowing Jesus as Lord and Savior. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that's where your journey starts. And um, we do that, and in, in that message was the good news uh, about Jesus going to the cross and defeating death and rising again, hearing that, and then responding to it by believing in our hearts, confessing with our mouth, Jesus is Lord. That's how this journey begins. You pray that in faith, then, then you know, Holy Spirit comes, and everything begins to change in your life. So if you have never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, please, I encourage you, do it right now. It's just Jesus... Will you be my Lord, my Savior? Best, best decision you will ever make in your life.
7: Amen. It all starts there. The cool thing about asking Jesus into your heart and and being on his team is you never get cut. You never get cut from the team. You've already made the team. I don't know if any of you have ever been tried out for something that you didn't make it. It can put a hurt in your heart. But when you belong to the Lord, you're always in. You're always the A-team. And I feel like somebody needs to know today that God's going to take your brokenness and make it your greatest blessing. He's going to take, take everything that you thought was horrible and make it how you minister to the world. He's, he, he does that. Remember, he won through love and by dying. And God's going to take that brokenness in your life And use it for
1: good. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Good word. Okay. Thanks again, church, for your generosity. We love partnering with you. Thankful for your faithfulness to giving, offering, tithing, all those cool things that you do. Ways to do it are on the screen. Let's sing doxology. And uh, we're going to go out and continue to be stalked by the snail. and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. We'll see you soon. Have the best day that you can out there. still looks like it's nice. Hope your team wins. Be kind to one another. See you later. Bye. And thanks for watching online. We love you guys. And um, Armor of God next week. I'm looking forward to it. Got some cool stuff to share about that. And that's going to take actually like the next couple of months so we'll move through it piece at a time
7: you're gonna wear the outfit the armor of god outfit with uh, the helmet and no. the breastplate yeah. and the remember douglas uh, yeah. i'm sure a lot of your kids had that outfit when they were kids yeah. but anyway see you next week guys have a good one bye-bye, bye-bye.